0: podcast, now available on Spotify.
1: Hi everyone, I'm Jade, I'm a new WhatsApp member, and today we're going to be talking about European studies, and we have two very special guests with us today, and I'm going to hand you guys over to them, and they're going to introduce themselves, because I've already forgotten their names, and we go.
2: Hi, I'm uh, Martin, I'm 19, I'm from Hungary, and I'm in my first year of European studies here at NHS Tandem. Uh,
3: my name is Elias, I'm 20, uh, I'm from the south of the Netherlands, now I live in the north, and I'm studying uh, European languages and cultures at Rijksuniversiteit Groningen.
1: Wow, well, that is, that is that a mouthful.
0: <laughs> that was a lot of Dutch. <laughs> 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 University of Groningen, if you will. Yeah, Groningen. Groningen
1: I, know. I always get roasted for the way that I say Groningen. I can't say it, I just it, the word, it doesn't work. No, I just I can't say it.
0: I have the problem with this birthday song that you guys have. Because in inside the song you say Hele Groningen. You say Langsame no, Leven, Langsame Leven, Langsame Leven, Hele Groningen. No! You say Gloria. Gloria. What? You say Gloria. Gloria? In the Gloria. Hele Groningen. I thought this actually. I thought it say Hele Groningen. No, Why do you Glogia want to be so in Groningen? In <laughs> 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 it's He will live long, He will live long, He will live long in the glory. Wow. Sounds good. Do you know the anything about the history of this song? Because I think you know about this kind of... I don't know if there's any history to birthday songs except people wanting to. Yeah.
3: So well right. I think
1: they should all be eradicated. I hate birthday songs and they <laughs> absolutely suck. It's so awkward. You just stand there smiling like, thank you. I like don't Just know. say happy birthday but to but me and move on. Tradition.
2: So yeah. you can expect well. that when you have birthday and you also sing the song when someone else has the birthday. I'm happy to
1: sing the song for other people. I just don't i if don't want to be on the receiving end you know uh,
2: the gloria then i can understand why you don't want to sing the song otherwise yeah. it's when we
3: were in kindergarten if you um would be celebrating your birthday we would put a chair on the table and you would have to sit on it and everyone would be singing up to you and you would be like king of the world
1: oh did <laughs> you like that or
3: um the chair was nice
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh otherwise not so much yeah that's that's that sounds awkward. awful.
1: that sounds awful not gonna lie
0: I don't like any birthday songs, at least in Iran, like where I'm from. Like, we have a lot of birthday songs. And they all sound so sad. Like, when you hear them in your birthday, <laughs> I'm
3: dying. <laughs> to <be a> year.
0: <laughs> like, the songs are happy. They are made to be happy. The, like, how to say, music is happy. The lyrics are happy. But the vibe that you get, everybody looking at you clapping, you're like, <laughs> wait, is it like the end of my life yes. or something? You're like that. one year older.
2: You're yeah. getting older. Yeah, but yeah.
3: children's songs generally are depressing. Yeah, exactly.
2: In Hungary, they are not.
3: Oh, in the Netherlands, they are. We have this one song about frogs that are dying from cold and (laughs) hunger. Uh, But it sounds really happy.
2: (laughs) That's
1: horrid.
3: How can it be happy? Okay, I can't sing, but I will sing. So prepare yourself. Er zaten zeven kikkertjes al in een boerensloot De sloot die was begoren, de kikkertjes al dood Ze kwakte niet, ze kwakten niet van honger en verdriet Er zaten zeven kikkertjes al in een boerensloot It basically it does, just it says it There really were seven frogs in um. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure how to, how to translate boerensloot But basically in the water And they were sad and hungry And they weren't quacking And they were almost dead Oh, shit That's Okay <laughs> but it sounds <laughs> it sounds happy right it, it does sound yeah, happy. It sounds happy yeah maybe it is because children need to learn accept their faith
1: yeah See. okay true that
0: beautiful beautiful but <clears throat> something that basically the fundamental of this podcast is because you two are studying european studies and you both are interesting people like i already know elias and this guy always shocks me with the things he does. He's one of the most interesting and most weird people I've ever seen in my life. Weird in a good way.
3: Thank you so much.
0: (laughs) And yeah, so first thing first, Martin, why European studies?
2: It was a hard decision to make because I also applied for international business. But at the end, I figured out that I'm more interested in, in the history and politics part of studies. Mm. Even though I'm also interested in economics, I think it's just better fits my personality.
1: What is European studies? I actually, I don't, I have no idea. Like what do you guys, what do you guys do?
2: Sometimes, even we don't have idea what <laughs> we study, but... In uh, That's
0: Sorry. the same thing for all it, it. It was hard to figure out uh, <laughs> uh,
2: sometimes, but basically it's a mix of many fields. So you study politics, European politics. You study about the European Union, you study about cultures, languages, and uh, also some parts of uh, economy.
1: Wow, that sounds like quite a lot of content. Yes, Is it like... <coughs> projects we have
2: projects too um first period uh, we had to make our ideal european union so we had total autonomy basically we needed to make uh, remake the european union itself from scratch
1: in a way that you thought would be better yes and that goes for from like a government's point of view
2: uh, like the total composition of the union so basically how elections are working how you how you exercise your power uh, how are the free branches separated judiciary legislation and uh, executive and how are uh, they uh, working in a global scheme so maybe they have some kind of uh, trade relationships with uh, other countries you know for example norway is not in the european union but they are in schengen so these kind of uh, debates
1: that's really interesting
2: you yes, I really like that.
1: But like, ooh, do you get into arguments with people in class? Like maybe people that don't... Because I know that politics is quite a sensitive topic. Yes, and if you're dealing And if you're dealing with politics, I imagine that it must be quite interesting to hear other people's point of view. Especially in an inter- in international environment, right? Because everyone comes from a country that's run exactly. in a different way.
2: Because uh, in Hungary, generally people are more conserv- conservative than uh, the people are in the Netherlands. So that's true for me. And uh, I was in a group with uh, three other people, two Dutch guys and one German guy. So even though we had different political views, we could work together because the whole project is not about political ideologies. It's about constructing uh, a governmental structure so you actually not getting into party politics and uh, actual topics, for example, about uh, how to uh, run the economy because that's uh, the job of parties. You can just design that it's... Uh, uh, planned economy, like okay, uh, it yeah. was in the Soviet make Union, scenes. for example.
1: That would be really interesting to Just hear everyone else's
2: brilliant kinda. point of view. But I something. wonder, like, what's
0: the exact point of like asking you guys to make your ideal European Union? Like, w- w- I mean, I know there is a learning curve inside it for sure.
2: But first, we had the the classes, the theoretical classes about uh, European institutions. So we learned about uh, every institution, the Court of Justices, the Commission. Then we know how the current European Union works and uh, the teachers also tell us uh, the the faults of the system, how it could be improved. And then we can put these theories into practice by uh, creating a hypothetical union. I think that was the uh, point of the whole uh, project to learn uh how to improve but uh when we hand in our project the teacher give us feedback so if we did something wrong they will say it. so it's not necessarily a better union it's a different one uh, but you learn from it definitely because uh,
1: mm. but also whether it's better or not is kind of subjective right
2: it depends on on, on like your anything
1: view. yeah like yeah. anything creative also if you hand it in it's all like subjective whether it's better or not like you might think that it's better but your teacher doesn't think that it's better
2: Yeah, and of course that's uh, kind of hard
1: to judge, though, right?
2: But it's really hard to rate uh, these projects. Like generally here at NHS and I think we can agree that rating these projects can be sometimes hard. And when you get your grade, you don't understand why you.
0: Because you know, sometimes it's a
2: bit bit
0: personal. Like the person who is assessing you, maybe it doesn't match their taste. For example, yesterday I had my defense for my project, and it's about a brewery. So one of the, like we have to give in CSR is, you know what is it, corporate social responsibility is something for the companies, like uh, how much they take from the earth they give back, you know, to make some kind of a balance between this kind of sustainable stuff. It's with it's in dimensions of like human, which is like trying to make people life better. Also earth, like using less, less sources and also profit, which is like gaining more, Money and stuff for themselves. So, anyway, we had this CSR initiative for our brewery in the project that I say, like, they can make some kind of bread and then the money that they earn goes to a charity for cancer because cancer in Netherlands is really high. And the teacher was like, No, what you're doing is wrong because you're making beer, which is the first reason for cancer in Netherlands, and then you're sharing the profit to the charity so what you're doing is a bit two-faced and i had like about 20 minutes of debate with that guy to prove him that what we are doing is not wrong so what i'm saying at the end is like always this personal like this taste thing exists in assessing this kind of projects and i believe in your studies it's even more because you know businesses at the end there are some kpis to measure it like based on i don't know how much money you can make for the business, how much attraction you can get, but for example, making your ideal European Union, I believe it's really hard to assess it, if it's, which yes. one is really better.
2: Because uh, some people had totally different concepts. So the regular concept was you, ha- you have uh, the founding members mm. of uh, the predecessor of the mm. European Union, six countries, the Benelux countries, yeah. France, Italy, and yeah. uh, then West Germany, now Germany. Yeah. And you figure out you want to do a federation, so a looser cooperation, but still one country. Mm. You want to do a union like the current European Union. It's not even one country. It's just an intergovernmental organization. But we, in our project group, we chose to do a super state. So it was actually one country with with really close cooperation between the states and uh, it got uh, really deep into the Mm -hmm. topic, so even the teachers were surprised how detailed it was and how interesting the concepts itself was, because there are multiple uh, uh, politicians nowadays who are pushing for a multi-tier EU, so higher integration in in some levels. Because France and Germany, for example, they want the union to be a closer cooperation, but Hungary, on the other hand, they really don't want that.
0: But what is your opinion? Uh, for example, based on the things that you've learned till now, how you can, how to say, like predict the European Union, which side you think it will go, just your personal opinion.
2: I think it's uh, really hard to uh, predict, considering that I'm a student and not an expert. But yeah, yeah, My course. personal view is that uh, I think uh, the Union itself will uh, change in the future. It won't stay like this because it's not working. Uh, Perfectly because uh, How can it be
0: better? You think?
2: I think uh, President Macron of France proposed the idea of a multi-tier Europe. Maybe he wasn't first, but he was, Mm. I think, one of the biggest names in politics who uh, supported that idea. That you have closer integration in, for example, the founding six countries that I mentioned previously. Then you have a second tier, which is uh, maybe Mm. uh, free trade yeah. or a uh, movement of of goods the four freedoms uh so you ha- can have that maybe you add uh, spain portugal to that yeah. maybe the united kingdom but there are some eastern european countries who are uh a bit uh lacking behind economic yeah. wise i think and they don't want to uh be totally integrated into yeah. the union so for example hungary doesn't want some EU regulations, yeah. they want to uh, escape those, but they can't because uh, each regulation is true for the 27 members of the Union.
0: Yeah. I think I also heard about it, like some Balkan countries, they are like not do, doing their r- rules in the right way. And
2: Yes, exactly, because um, I don't know if how, how much you're into uh, uh, reading news about the European Union, but uh, uh, then I will tell you just shortly. So a few uh, weeks ago maybe a month ago there was yeah. news that uh, bulgaria and romania was rejected from schengen schengen is the free travel yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, zone of the european union but at the same time croatia applied and they got accepted so it's uh, yeah some eastern countries mm. are lacking behind in in some aspects of legal open mm. but some are not so it's uh, really difficult to uh just hold back together uh these 27 member states because they are just way different from each other
0: but it's really brilliant as a someone as someone who came from iran and i think jade also had kind of the same experience because we came from outside eu for us it's always impressive that with one id card you can go to fucking a lot of countries
1: i think that the way that all the countries are run in europe well not all of them obviously haven't been everywhere but all the countries that I've been to, I think that they run really well. And I mean, like the biggest um, the biggest shock that I had is that a lot of people like to complain about the way that their country is structured and the way that it's run. And y- I mean, I come here to the Netherlands and everybody's complaining. They really hate their government and everything is just horrid you know actually i was in this room and i said this on this podcast for nhl Stendon and i said i'm so surprised at how everything just works in this country like i find it so went absolutely viral on tiktok people were not happy the dutch people were not happy that i said that wow everything is so nice here it works they were like no it doesn't work and everyone wants to like be like no it's horrible it's horrible i'm like okay you guys let me humble you come back to zimbabwe for a week, and then come back here and tell me all. Yeah, tell exactly. me about the structure of your company of and your course, government, yeah. tell, me, tell me about it. But it's, it's really inti- but you two are not studying the same thing. No, right? you, What are you, What are you studying?
3: I'm studying uh, European Languages and Cultures. So it's more focused on languages, also a bit about politics, but more focused on languages.
1: And do you just learn all the languages, or what, what's that about? Like, uh, So
3: you choose a major language, uh, you can choose Russian, Italian, Spanish, French. Uh, we used to have Finnish, not anymore. Uh, and I chose uh, to do Russian. And then you have uh, three main courses, which are politics, linguistics, and literature.
1: Oh, my goodness. That sounds really like a lot of debates happen in class, right? Yes,
3: yes absolutely. That's because so interesting, uh, as, you, man. Uh, as you said, Dutch people like complaining. And
0: we it, do that.
1: I mean, am I wrong? No. Okay. You
0: There's know people. what's the thing like everybody like to complain even if you live in the best place in the world you like to complain at the end. But you know it the, you know the problems that Dutch people are talking about for someone like me is a bit luxury pr- problems. You know what I'm saying? It's all
1: about perspective. And you know what? If you grow up in a country your entire life, you are going to find things that are wrong with it. I'm not saying that the things that are wrong with this country or the things Mm -hmm. that the Dutch people say are wrong with this country are not wrong. Because maybe some of them are. But I feel like that's a nice problem to have instead of, you know, something a lot more major.
0: There's always a space for improvement, Sure. Yeah, always but if dutch people couldn't find
3: anything to complain about they would complain about not finding anything to complain about <laughs>
0: oh the weather is always there don't worry oh yeah the weather the weather is
3: always there.
1: <laughs> so how many languages
3: do you speak oh i'm um, not sure wait i speak uh, dutch as my native language then i speak english as my second language i speak uh, spanish and i have also done ancient greek and latin in wait high school it. what wait for ancient it. ancient greek but that's not really a speaking language as much as this reading language then I had French for three years, but I don't really like the language that much. But you can speak it. I can understand it, I can speak a bit, I can read it mostly. Uh, I moved to uh, Friesland about seven months ago. And after three months, I, um, I had involuntary, involuntarily learned the, the language. But it is what? really close to Germany. How do you
1: involuntarily learn a language? You're just like, oh, damn, I didn't want to learn it. And now I'm just like, oh, it's just such an inconvenience. I've Neder- been in
0: Netherlands for two years and all I know voluntarily is lekker. Yes, every time I'm cooking Don't something. You
1: that is as far as yeah. I go. And I'm pretty sure I say well, it wrong as well. Yeah. I speak
3: English and I taught myself German because I have friends that live in Kloppenburg. So they speak German so I just had to speak German, which uh, the two languages are both Germanic languages so they're really close. And Frisian is uh, basically a mix of um, some Germanic aspects that you have in German and Dutch and some Old English aspects. And combining my knowledge of the languages that I already knew, I just had to learn some new words, some new pronunciations. And I still do have like an accent in Frisian but I can understand it, I can read books in it, I can write it, I can speak it.
1: That's really impressive. So what? That's five, six.
3: You have more. There are definitely Chinese. More. You know, I did uh, Mandarin for
1: Really? Oh my! Yes.
3: Mandarin for two years. Isn't high that school.
1: the hardest language that you can learn? It Mandarin? depends
0: on what is your first language.
1: Oh my god! I
0: think if it your first language is something other than Mandarin, then I it's feel the other so useless
1: right now. Look, you yeah. speak so many languages, and but more. how did you? How did you learn all of them? Did you well, go to those uh, countries or?
3: Mm, it depends Dutch you just
1: stuff. taught Duolingo not a thing for you nah, d- no. d-
0: Duolingo um it <laughs> learns a bit, yeah, it isn't really I think it's kind of just
1: kind of just like it's kind of like Snapchat I just want to keep my streak going you
0: know? <laughs> yeah exactly How, what is your strike right now
1: on Duolingo I think it's like a hundred and something
0: oh, nice what are you learning
1: I'm really if I'm being honest not learning anything at all it's a
0: game. <laughs>
1: it's literally like a game I, I thought I was going to learn Spanish if you tell yeah. me to say one thing in Spanish I can't can't say anything. I if
3: I talk really slowly in Spanish, could you understand no, me?
1: No, I can't even say. I learn nothing from that app. Oh. Nothing at Lingo all.
0: Duolingo is like it's so it's too easy.
1: I love their TikTok account, though. Have you guys seen that? That is yes. good marketing. I know Sorry, they play with their student. icons
0: and stuff too, and they they're trying to make some affiliation with the...
1: I'm telling people. you, they've probably got like a 17 year old running that account, and it is amazing. It is just the best thing that I've ever seen. Sorry, I'm always just like marketing i hate it i hate it so much everything everything i'm watching i'm always just like that's marketing (laughs) like every like billboard i'm like i know why they did that it's horrible it's the most annoying thing for my everyday life anyways i think i have the same kind of oh sorry you you were saying were you how you learned all of your how to speak all your languages
3: dutch is my native language english well i learned in school and i learned online obviously Spanish I learned in school, but I also have friends who speak Spanish, with whom I also sometimes speak Spanish. Um uh German I learned because uh that that's another story. I biked to Denmark. Uh so I spent about a week biking through Germany and I met a lot of people uh with whom I
1: did you do that? The Just biking for fun? to Denmark.
0: That's his routine actually. That's why I say this guy is the most interesting person. As much as his language catalog is weird, his uh, sport catalog is just yes. weird. Yes, I uh, swim every morning. I
3: wake up at four thirty, yeah. leave the house at uh, about uh, five a.m. What time do you go to sleep? Eight p.m. It's my bedtime. <laughs> Jesus, this is like the l- this is the least student life. Yeah, I don't really like the student life. I like uh, I like swimming, obviously. I like biking, and I like to go to different countries, and I don't like to spend my money on going out, if I could spend my money on a train ticket. Well,
1: that's fair enough.
3: Mm. But you're Dutch, so you don't even have to, oh, that's only for now. Uh, yeah, so. if I go to different countries. But yeah. uh, over the years, I've also been trying more and more to travel as cheap as possible. And it has gone to a point that I've traveled to several places where I only had to pay for food. So that's, that's nice.
1: Oh my god, that's yeah. amazing.
3: Yeah. He does a lot of
0: hitchhiking. Tell us yes. about your experience hitchhiking. with hitchhiking, like how yes. you got to know so, it. Uh, yes. So, yes, uh, last week I actually went hitchhiking. Uh, with First, a a, sorry. Sorry, because I didn't know it before I met you. Mm. Maybe somebody else doesn't know oh, it. What is hitchhiking? Uh,
3: hitchhiking really? is uh, is when you stand next to the road, you put out a thumb, and basically you wait until someone stops for you and picks you up to you. You're not bring scared
1: you. of getting, like, murdered or something? I have had a few questionables.
3: or... Yeah, there was this one guy uh, in Charleroi that is in the French-speaking part of Belgium. It is also the ugliest city of uh, Belgium. But oh. I, I think it's <laughs> Is <nice>. that
1: subjective? <laughs> no, it is. You just chuck that in there, like, it this is, is the
3: ugliest city
1: ever. Like, I feel like it's a fact or something.
3: Yeah, it is not my opinion, actually. <laughs> I like the city. But gener- the general consensus is that Charleroi is the ugliest city. Well, but that's I was not there. very nice. Anyways, their
1: yeah, their right.
2: airport is literally made out of containers. Yes. I was there. <coughs> It's it's ridiculous. So yes. you also
0: agree that it's ugliest city?
2: Uh, I saw only three cities in Belgium: Antwerp and uh, Brussels, uh, Brussels and uh, Charleroi. But Charleroi was just ugly. I'm going
0: yes. to Antwerp. We have to go back to that conversation again. But for now,
3: okay. And um, there was this guy who stopped for us because we were trying to get to France, um, and um, he stopped in the middle of the road and people were just queuing up behind him. And he was speaking to us in French, like, I'm not going to France, but I'm going close, so you can come with me and then hitchh- hitchhike further. And we were like, yeah, we, we understand, we understand. And he said, no, 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 listen to me. And he kept repeating it over and over until he understood that we understood. And by that time, people were honking, people were screaming, and we were like, just just go, we oh don't, we don't wanna. So we were inside his car, and uh, he was listening to metal very loudly. Then he asked, us, like, you can pick a CD, we can put it on. So we were just browsing through his CDs. And at one point he screamed, stop, don't touch it. So we were like, okay. And then he started telling us a story, how he knocked off his mirror in a rage fit. And I was sitting next to him. So I was like, ah, can't sounds, wait to get out of this car. It sounds
1: like a nightmare. I think I would just jump out of the car, yes, to be honest. I would be so scared. There's no ways. I, I don't The worst I part do. is yet to do. come.
0: Oh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, go on. I'm the worst
3: curious. part is yet to come. Um, We were on the highway, and at one point he apologized. Yeah, sorry, sorry that I'm uh, swaying so much, but I came from a barbecue, and I've had a few drinks. This guy was drunk driving with us in the car.
1: That's probably why he was so friendly. He's like, hey, let me help some people out. I'm going to pick you out. Probably.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's hilarious. Well, not
1: really funny. Don't drink and drive, guys.
0: Yeah, please. Please. (laughs) Please. Do it for us.
1: Did you ask to get out?
3: I tried, uh, he was at one point, he was going in the wrong direction. So I was like, you can put me out at this uh, roundabout. So he was like, no. And then he turned around and he went in the right direction. Then he brought us to a city that had two stations, Centre and Sud. And then uh, he told us that, "Yeah, this uh, city has two train stations. Where do you want to get out, Centre or Sud? And we were like, which station is this? And he said, it's Centre. And we were like, this is good, Centre is good. You can, you can let us out. Yeah. And we got out of the car and looked at each other and I said, that we're still alive. Jeez. Shit. Sure.
1: But did your, um, did your love for European studies come from... I mean, not... Well, Europe...
3: European languages. Languages and, languages
1: cultures. and cultures. Come from um, you traveling so much before? Or did you kind of start traveling while you were studying and thought that that would help you with your study?
3: kind mm, of that? It's a bit different because my love for languages started... I say that it really started when I was 10 years old, but a few years prior, my sister and I, we had made our own sign language, and we had basically used the Dutch language, but switched the phonetic system. So if we had a vowel, we would replace it with another vowel. So, papa, which is father or just dad in Dutch, you could replace the P with a D, and the A with an I, which would create Didi. It's a different word, different phonetics, but... It uses all the same grammar, same vocabulary, basically. So we made that. Uh, And uh, our own sign language, but it was mainly fingerspelling. So just a sign per letter and some words that would come in handy. Uh, But when I was uh, 10 years old, I went to this museum uh, with school. And it had an exhibition about um, uh, runes, which is, uh, it's not an alphabet, because alphabet refers to the first two letters of the alphabet, being A and B. It's called the footark. Because the first letters are futark. So they had um, an uh, expression about the futark of runes. And um, I was so interested in that. And on the way back to school, I had learned the entire alphabet. And what followed was a five-year obsession with that particular language. I'm still reading books about it. And I managed to get my entire family to Norway to visit some museums about it.
1: Wow. Yeah. So you kind of just really found this is... This is my course, is what I want to
3: study. Yes, and then I went to high school. My teachers recommended I do uh, Mandarin. I had already chosen to do Greek and Latin because of it. And I did Spanish um, as a foreign language. And I taught myself some Swedish. And um, then I was teaching myself Russian, so I thought, why not study it?
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think you found your calling, to be honest. I had no idea what i wanted to study i was just like close my eyes and choose one you know, well a little bit as long as my parents don't listen to it, this is fine. it's fine
0: uh, throwing a dart yeah just <laughs> but just f- but i mean but you uh, learned a lot of languages and between yes. these languages w- tell me some p- surprising and shocking moments about the languages that you learned things that you said but like wow this that's different from the other languages because I know you know a lot.
3: Yes. Okay, so some things with Frisian that I found are really funny is how much uh, the words are alike. For example, if you want to say, may I come along with you, it's moi um, ik moi die moy, Moi ik moi die moi. Moi ik moi die moi. Yeah, you have like um, better ways to say it. But I like this way.
1: Doesn't mooi mean good?
3: Uh mooi is in Dutch, in yes. Dutch? But uh, this is uh, a particular um dialect of Friesen. you could yeah. also pronounce like "mij ik mai die mai. Those
1: sound very different.
3: Yes, you have the I and the oi.
1: I'm happy I don't speak Dutch.
0: So mooi means mag in Dutch. And also It means Jij means die. Die, yes. Oh. And mooi is
3: maag. Mooi is ook me. Oh. Moi Mach, moi Mei. Yeah. Wow. And I do want wool is igwol wool wool. You do want what? I do want wool. Oh uh, wool. Wool,
0: wool, wool. wool. wool wool. Yes. Igwol <laughs> wool. wool. That is something. <laughs> that that is wool, wool. What else? Uh Russian. I remember you told some good things about Russian also.
3: Yes, Russian has very different structures than English, German, or Dutch would have. For example, in English, German, and Dutch, you could say, I don't have time for that. Whereas in Russian, you would say, they haven't taken the time to me for it. Oh, Yeah, so the different structures. And um, a while ago, I was talking to this guy, his name is uh, Roman, and he lives in Odessa currently, in uh, Ukraine. And he told me this um, idiom that they use in Ukrainian. And he told me, I felt like a Christmas tree in the forest. Which means that you feel like the odd one out. And I think that's really nice a uh, way to say that. I feel like
1: a Christmas tree. In wow.
2: The How do you say it in uh, Ukrainian?
3: I don't speak Ukrainian. I wish I could tell you I could, but I can't. I can understand like some of it, because it's in some aspects quite close to Russian.
0: But also, I'm not fluent in Russian, so... I know "tak" in Tanya in what is it called in Ukrainian? "Tak" means yes, and in Russia means "da." Yeah,
3: uh, "tak" in Russian it means so. Like if you say mm. "itak dalye, you say and so on and so forth. Wow! And um, in Danish it means "thank you."
1: Wow! But you know what? I'm what's learning a lot. Yeah. I'm really, I'm gonna probably forget all of this, yeah. but
3: I. I'm also reading a book in Danish now. Sure. This yeah. Is it similar to Dutch? It is similar, but some words that you think are cognates. Cognates are words that um, are basically the same in, in languages like uh, garage, garage, garage. Those are cognates. But some uh, uh, words that you think are cognates aren't. For example, children, uh, in Dutch is kinderen. And then kvinder in Danish. I also, I can't pronounce Danish by the way. I'm just reading it. But kvinder in Danish it means
0: um, woman like instead of children. So that was that was something. Oh That's yeah. interesting. Because I remember a few years ago I used to learn Danish a little bit in Duolingo, and of mm-hmm. course, like any other language course in Duolingo, I let it go after some time. And but yeah, I, I was learning Danish because of Bang & Olufsen and Liberton and a few other da- Danish companies that I really like. Well, Danish, Danish is a really word
3: lang- uh, weird language. My professor actually told me that children who are bilingual Danish-Norwegian, who grow up in Denmark, so have more exposure to mm. the Danish language, actually learn Norwegian faster compared to Danish. So that tells you everything you need to know about it. Oh, so it's no. a
1: difficult language.
3: Yes.
2: Is it the hardest Nordic language?
3: Nordic, well... As a dutch speaker who also speaks german and frisian nordic languages you can understand them but the pronunciation of danish is just weird sometimes when it is d at the end they'll pronounce it like a really they call it a soft d and it's like (laughs) 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 but i i didn't really get into it because i decided that i just want to read danish Hmm. i like to say
1: that as if it's so normal to me that it normal. is. I just wanted to read that language. So it's so not a big deal to me if I can't speak. I already speak like eight other languages. So.
0: I just want to read one of the ten languages that I know. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I don't know the language, but it has enough cognates for me to understand. So.
0: Wow. wow. It's unbelievable.
1: You know, yeah. I was just saying today, when um, people that speak multiple languages say a word that I don't understand, it makes me feel a different level of stupid because I literally only speak one language, and that's English. Literally, my one and only language that I speak is English. And you're out here how many? Ten, right?
3: I have no idea. I don't count them anymore. Okay. <laughs> because you are wow. also at different levels, and you use languages for different purposes. So at some point, you just don't know, well, I'm really good at this one particular topic in this language. I can really talk about this one particular topic, but other than that, I can't. And
2: is that's it really is cool. it true that... Uh, if you learn more languages, it becomes uh, easier and easier to learn yes. another language.
3: Yes, absolutely, because of the And At one point, you'll be like, hey, this, this one grammar structure, I remember from that other language. Mm. For example, in my high school, we had students who did Spanish and Latin, or only uh, Spanish. And in Spanish, there's this really um, hard uh, grammatical concept called subjuntivo. Uh, it is basically a different type of verb as English as you as an English speaker, you only know what is called in Spanish, the indicativo. Uh, but uh, if you want to say, I want that the world becomes a better place, you have to use uh, the subjuntivo uh, in uh, becomes, because you use I want that. Um, this grammatical concept is really hard to grasp if you have n- no prior experience with it. But in um, Latin, they actually have a similar a similar construct. It's called conjunctives. Um for sure t- just we said Kony. Uh but even if it works a bit different, you already know the concept of it, so you don't have to understand a whole new concept of verbs.
1: Yeah, that's really interesting.
3: Can I say something? Do yeah. you know what Kony means in Russian? <laughs> I will not go into it. That is also something that sometimes happens. You hear a word and in in another language it's yeah. just you <laughs> shouldn't say it. So it feels re- like if I'm thinking in the language in which it's appropriate, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, this, this sounds normal. But yeah. if I'm thinking in a language in which it isn't, then I think, wait.
1: No. Wait a damn th- minute. Damn. That's really yeah, Yeah, yeah like I was
3: uh, once listening to this podcast about uh, Russian, and they were talking about crepes, like the French pancake crepe. Yeah. But this guy was American, and he pronounced it like crepes, which is German for cancer.
0: Oh. <sighs> Problems of knowing 10 languages. Like, so, I I mean, I'm thinking if you know 10 languages, then there's no word in the world, word in the world that you hear, and you don't have any thinking about it. You know what I'm saying? Most of my languages are from the uh,
3: Proto-Indo-European family tree. Uh, Martin here, he speaks Hungarian. That's a Uralic language, and I don't know anything about Uralic languages, except that, like, in Hungarian, you have Mm. um, vowel rhymes, that in in words, the vowels are like each other so if you have a word with an e then the next vowel will probably be an e too um and um, that's an example
2: for like going down uh yes. is exactly like that sounded
0: arabic hungarian okay.
2: is a language that many people just make guesses about we were sitting in a train yeah. uh, to uh i think uh eindhoven yeah and we were talking in Hungarian with some of my friends. Mm. And uh, after we go- got off, some uh, Dutch people came and asked, like, uh, are you Portuguese? And we said, no, no, we are not. Then next day, same setting, they ask if we are Estonian, which is like more closer yeah. relative because I think they have some Uralic roots Yes, Estonian,
3: also. Finnish, and Hungarian are Uralic languages. And then we also have Basque, which is not
0: uh, Proto-European, but it predates the origin of the modern languages. So I have a question, how are the languages in Europe generally categorized? Because I know there are like Indo-European languages, there are also, how is it? Can you explain a structure? Uh,
3: I will try to give a a brief explanation because languages are categorized in two ways. You have a tree and a map because languages are not only influenced by the language that they come from, but also by the languages that they're surrounded by. For example, Mm. um, in Dutch, we don't have a Dutch word for online. You just say, ik ben online. Um, So um, I will go over the tree. You have Proto-Indo-European, which is um, basically just Sanskrit, um, Latin and Greek. And from that, everything sort of came into being. Then we have the Germanic tree, which includes uh, English, German, Dutch, Frisian. We have the uh, Romans tree, which is Portuguese, Spanish, Italian, uh, Romanian, which is uh, an outlier uh, geographically speaking. You have Hellenic, which is Greek, Uralic, but that's outside of the Proto-Indo-European uh, tree. Then you have the Baltic uh, languages, which come from a Balto-Slavic, Slavic languages, and then you have West, East, Slavic. And then you just go into more detail until, until you're left with one language.
0: But Baltic and the Slavic languages are on the same tree? Because they sound kind of similar. Like uh, well, they are both
3: uh, from Balto-Slavic,
0: but yeah. at one point they split into Baltic
3: mm-hmm. and into Slavic. But then again, mm. it all comes from Proto-Indo-European. And I forgot mm. about the Nordics, but you also have the Nordics.
0: But Russian, it also belongs to Balto-Slavic? Cause it yes, oh. it is Slavic. So it came
3: from Balto-Slavic, which came from Proto-Indo-European.
0: Mm. Really interesting, actually. It's yes. Do you know anything about Persian, my no, language? I don't. Oh. I'm very curious to know where did it come from. I mean, I know it's quite old, like, I don't know, 4,000, 5,000 years old. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I, I don't know shit about history. Obviously. Well, languages evolve over time. Yeah. The
3: language that was spoken in the south of the Netherlands between the year thousand and twelve hundred is called Dietz, which is phonetically similar to Dutch because it also had some aspects that mm. German still has today that Dutch doesn't have anymore. For example, um, cases. Uh, in Dutch, you would say ik hou van jou. Then jou is a reminiscent of a case that we used to have of the accusative case uh, because we don't say ik hou van jij. Which would be the nominative case, but we don't don't use cases like German and not at all like Latin or Russian.
2: Is it a <coughs> is it the reason why uh, people in South Netherlands in Tilburg they they have a really really difficult accent to understand? Yes, I
3: am actually from that area, and um, the the main differences between like the south of the Netherlands and the north of the Netherlands is the R and the G. The G in the south is pronounced really softly, like almost just a puff of air, and in the north, well, I'm not from there, but it just sounds like you're chipping wood or something, like ah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: Well, that sounds so Dutch to me. No, I'm
3: kidding. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That was. Uh, uh, and the R in um, it's also uh, an accent of prestige. I should mention, if people talk with uh, with the R sounds, they probably come from rich family. Um. Then uh, from the south, we just say the R in the back
0: of our throat, which is more similar to French, uh, sound. And Damn. then you also
3: have the R sound. But yeah.
0: But listen, you blow me away right now. That relation between rich family and R. Can you elaborate on it? Because I'm really yes. impressed. What do you mean? Uh, so um, a long, long time ago, in the time of colonialism,
3: the Netherlands was uh, sailing out to sea in... In, uh, in, a, in a search to spices and people to sell. Um, I will not go, go, go further into it, but yes. Uh, go on. The people who did this, they were mainly from the west side of the country because that is close to the sea. Uh, so all the major cities like The Hague, Rotterdam, Amsterdam, they are in that part. So these people obviously were also the richest people of the Netherlands and that particular area had that accent. So over time, the R sound became associated with Wealthy families.
0: Shit.
1: It's kind of the same as like the Queen's English. People say that if you speak the Queen's English, that kind of really proper British accent, then that's associated with rich families. Is it
0: like Top Gear uh, thing host? (coughs) Do they talk? No. (laughs) No, they don't. They probably talk the like cheapest way.
2: No, th- that's just
1: British. No, accent, but honestly, like there are so, and I've I've actually always wondered if it's the same in other languages. But there are so many different accents in English, right? I mean, yes. you've got Australian, American, mm-hmm. whatever. But just British accents, purely British accents how many different British accents there are. It's ridiculous. I mean, I hear someone speaking another language. I completely shut my ears. I can't hear anything. Mm. I'm not even listening. I have no idea what you're
0: saying. But you also have a British accent, I can say. I mean, people from Zimbabwe... See, that's the
1: thing. The Zimbabwean people, they have a... I don't know what kind of accent. We're just a little bit confused. But, (laughs) I mean, we were colonized colonized by British people, so I guess it makes a lot of sense. But I was always wondering, are there... such a big variation of accents in other languages as they are in English?
3: Mm, That kind of depends. In the Netherlands, because it's it's my first language, I can distinguish many, many accents. Also, uh, my town that I uh, come from, it is basically split into two by a quote-unquote river, Uh, but it's like two meters wide, so not really a river. But on the left side of the river where I come from, we have a slightly different accent than on the right side. So that is that is also a difference. It's
1: weird, right? Yes. I can't. I just, I find that so difficult to grasp that people in other languages have different accents. Like I would have a really, I would, I suppose I would have an English accent in whatever language I spoke, just like other people that speak other languages have an yeah. accent to me in English.
0: I think so. Because strange. I don't know. Weird <laughs> dwarf.
3: I can yes, it. but accents, um, there's this uh, ideology uh, surrounding languages in which one accent sh- should be better than another accent. But um, it's actually like, uh, in American English, you have uh, the way that uh, black people speak. I believe that it's called a a v e or A-V-E-E, I'm not sure. But uh, that's a particular way of speaking uh, that is associated with lower-class people uh, because of racist stereotypes. And um, this accent has less prestige than a standard American accent or whatever, whereas thats that doesn't have to be the case.
1: Yeah. I think... Well, a lot of what you're studying is stereotypes, right? Mm. You can't really study it without.
3: Mm, not really. It is mostly about... Um, just, you know, the literature part is about understanding why people say...
1: But like linguistics.
3: The linguistics part. Yeah. Mm, Well, you have different types of linguistics. For example, you have theoretical linguistics or neurolinguistics or applied linguistics. And uh, theoretical linguistics just goes into, um, the way languages are structured. For example, in English, you have the, um... Uh, the subject, the verb, the object. So it's S-V-O. But uh, in different languages, that might be uh, the other um, sequence. Because you say, I am happy. Not I happy am, of happy am I. Um, and in Dutch, this is actually even more difficult because we have certain words after which the structure changes. Because uh, the word for because, we have t- two words for because, want and on dat and
0: mm. if you say om that then it changes yes because uh, because if you say
1: hold well on <laughs> give me the good. passport
0: give me the dutch passport come on <laughs> how else can i prove myself have you failed to marry a dutch woman well i married a few at
3: the weekend in the club oh damn <laughs> but it it, nice. it didn't work out or obviously no, we not. just divorced in the club oh, so you get married in the club and then divorce in
0: the club <laughs> okay so. move on with the topic <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, the the where were we? Oh shit! I know. I know. We were talking about om dat and oh yes. In Dutch. If you want to say because
3: I am happy and you use want, then you have to say want ik ben blij. If you say because I'm happy and you use om dat, you say omdat ik blij ben. So you change the words.
1: Damn. Yeah. I didn't know that, and I probably never will because I'm gonna speak english for the rest of my
0: life for example i'd say <laughs> um dat ik hebben heb omdat ik heb because i have it cold yeah uh, but when you say once ik heb koud yes <gasps> come on except
3: you forgot a word but it's fine the structure was come good. on
0: uh, that was right come on give me some what is it Merci. very good i'm very proud thank of you. you so much thank you only after two years i can make a sentence with the wrong structure hey it's still a win opens. is a win yeah at least,
1: you're, at least you're trying. Yeah, like, at least I'm
0: trying, yeah. Moot, moot, moot. Moot, moot? Yeah, I also know that. What is that? It means like, if you have to do something, you have to do it. Oh. Something has to be done, should <laughs> be done. It's a Dutch thing, You know, he knows it. Yeah, Leo yeah. knows it. Thanks Leo for so giving me support. Thank you so yeah. much. So I, you also learned some language things to me, from me. Yeah, I do. Yeah, come on, yeah, I, I'm sure you can do that. So I have a few questions uh, from your thing that you said. Mm-hmm. So you said about your you guys make idealistic EU in the Yes the that's what,
2: that was the first period's uh, project now we were in the second period mm-hmm. and we are finishing that so it's not the current project but it yeah. was a previous one
0: So I have a question is Turkey in the ideal EU
2: for <coughs> let me think so um uh, for our uh, project we needed to include six countries yeah and the six countries were already given. As I said, Benelux countries, France, Italy, yeah. and Germany. So but they, again, didn't make it? Uh, Looks yeah, like they, they didn't. didn't. make it, but oh, uh, sorry guys, sorry some guys. other country. Maybe next time. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> next
1: time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so I have a other question. What I was saying, Antwerp, I'm going there. You both have been to Antwerp. Yes, yeah. many times. Yeah, I'm going there for my exchange. Is it good? <laughs> yes,
3: absolutely. The train station, and also this is not my opinion, but the train station is the prettiest train station in Europe. It has, um, I'm not sure if it's already opened, but they were building an indoor uh, uh, play park mm. in there. They have many stores. You should go to Banos. They have really good croissants.
0: So if you go there. Banos, croissants, I, uh, Croissant. I don't know. What is it? Croissant. It, yes, it's Croissant. It's, yes, it's the ah. French... Uh, Pastry. Uh, Oh, yeah. I I mean, I know Croissant.
3: Great. They have this store. You should go there. Um, Right outside the station, you have Astridplein. A guy once offered me heroin there. I declined. uh, Ah, Oh, my
0: God. I'm sorry for our people who are listening to this podcast. I'm seeing the... It looks nice. I just saw the... What is it? A station? It looks yes. Oh, looks classic. And yeah. they have
3: an Orthodox Jewish community, which is really interesting, mm-hmm. and uh, a Chinatown. But it's it's more like China Street, to be honest.
0: So they have like Chinese restaurants and stuff. Chinese stores, Chinese restaurants, yes. Oh, nice! I would give it a try. I like to try different food, even though I didn't do it in Liwarden because they are so expensive in Leeuwarden. so and I understand. Also,
2: Bel- Belgium is cheaper. Like the same cheese yeah. in the same store costs two euros less when i was there
0: nice i know belgium is actually cheaper that's something i agree with you but yes. even the room like antwerp is the really popular city that's the second popular city in yes in like population and also in case of being popular mm-hmm. and it's still the rooms are cheaper than new yeah belgium yeah
3: yeah belgium it's basically um one state but mm-hmm. multiple nations because you have yeah. of course the the Walloon part the french-speaking part the mm-hmm. dutch-speaking part and then you have the german speaking you know, community i should yeah. say but how did it happen history wise mm. so um a lot of a lot of stuff happened but um first back when the netherlands didn't exi- exist we had uh friesia which is actually the mm. uh, the, well, the province that we live in is the um what is left of this uh mm of this country, I should say. Uh, but it, it was from uh, part of Belgium all the way along the coast towards the uh, Danish border and then some territories mm-hmm. in Denmark. We had, um, where I am um, originally, originally from, which was, it was big and separated. Like it didn't have a clear border, just other countries or other territories were running through it. And then uh, you had France. And at, at first uh, in France, not everyone spoke French. But at some point, uh, they were like, well, from now on, everyone's gonna have to speak French because we are France. So that happened. And then, um, as the Netherlands, we occupied Belgium. And we were like, okay, well, we are Dutch, so we are gonna speak Dutch. And then Belgium came came into being half Dutch, half French, and a bit of German. Sure. (laughs) That
1: sounds very confusing.
3: Yes, they also have two national anthems.
1: In two different languages?
3: Two different languages, yes.
0: Thankfully, I'm going to Dutch Park. They should be like
1: Zimbabwe. We have one national anthem and we sing one verse in English, one in Shana, and one in Ndebele.
0: What are the Shana? Is it like the original languages from there?
1: Yeah. So it's like we sing first verse in English, second verse Shana, third verse Ndebele, Mm. which is, uh, I think it's a good solution. I would rather have that than two national anthems.
3: Yeah, well, in the Netherlands, we have one national anthem. Wilhelmus, and then um, some provinces, I'm not sure if all do, but I know at least some do have their own national anthems, uh, but the Netherlands, well, Kingdom of the Netherlands has uh, three official languages, Dutch, Frisian, and Papiamento, and um, well, the national anthem is in Dutch, in Dutch only, but we do sing about, uh, about Spain for a bit.
1: Huh? Have you heard the techno version of the Dutch National Anthem? It's I haven't, slav- but I... C- dun, dun, dun. I love that. I love it so much. It's great. They should I did, play did it
2: hear like it. It's, it's an interesting concept. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I th- think it's great. Which language do you think is the harshest? Because y- I, I see a lot of Instagram videos. I don't know. People are biased against German. They always say yes. German is so harsh. But you know like 10 languages. Which language... Mm, It depends on how you
3: would define harsh because in Dutch, of course, in certain uh, accents, you have the really hard Mm. uh, G or the really hard R. uh, But there are also in uh, Spanish and Italian uh, languages that people tend to find really attractive because they have a very... mm, I'm not really sure how to put it into words, but they switch between intonation a lot.
1: I have no idea what that means. It
2: sounds good. Yes. yes. yeah
0: I can I think I can uh, understand kind of what you mean yes like uh, the stress that they put in yeah. the
3: war or something like that yes so uh, about harshness mm, I'm not really sure how to go about it as a Dutch speaker German doesn't sound too harsh to me because oh. Dutch is also harsh I've been yelled at in Dutch multiple times so that sounds harsh <laughs>
1: yeah but
3: I can't imagine what it must be like to get yelled at in Italian or something that must be scary
1: yeah, Italians Italian? are very enthusiastic. They speak a lot with their oh. hands and, as well, and also like Spanish people are very loud.
0: I they are, they are. But I know I don't, I can't imagine somebody being mad at me and shouting at me in French. Like I imagine, like they, he shout at me and Merde. yeah, like she shouts at me, and then we look at each other and then we kiss each other, like,
2: <laughs> like going to Marseille, and like yeah. the, you will
0: passionful see. shouting. Yeah, it's like if wow. like a Hollywood movies that they get mad and suddenly because like come on, it's French. Yeah. But Fair
1: enough,
0: but yeah, it, I already know that this podcast is gonna be wholesome, and it got wholesome. It was brilliant. Thank you Lovely. guys. I think we can make like a, another ten episode out of it, but unfortunately, we can't because I'm leaving to Antwerp for my minor. This is probably, I hope not, but probably the last podcast that you're hearing from me. And yeah. It was great experience being in WhatsApp. And Jade is going to be here still. You're going to be in WhatsApp, right? Yes. So, hope I to hear. I am
1: in it. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going anywhere. I'll be
0: awesome. Here. So, hope to hear more podcasts from Jade. And also, I want to thank you two guys for coming. It was brilliant podcasts. And honestly, we have a lot of things to talk about. But unfortunately, we have the time limit. But, yeah. My pleasure.
2: Yeah. Thanks for the opportunity.
0: No You? Oh say something just, just oh. say bye bye
1: Bye guys <laughs>